Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Thriller Podcast. How's it going today, Mike? Hey, I'm good. I know we had a beautiful day, and you and I both got out for golf in our respective uh, states here. Too bad we couldn't golf together the other week. You know, you got what, your 18th round of COVID? <laughs> yeah, so this is, I haven't talked to Mike in two weeks well we've yeah. been texting obviously but i haven't yeah. i haven't potted with you in two weeks because yeah sadly last week got hit with the the covid again and it was weird because the first two times the, f- the first time was really bad and the other two times not so bad and this one was just i don't know maybe it was mixed in with some strep because my kids have also had strep lately like it's just you know i like this crazy weather it's it first it's 30 and then it's 80 today like you know it doesn't help but i'm finally i'm feeling better i got out of the house got golfing today so here we are unfortunately though the bigger thing that covid kept you from is talking with tyler boer about red sky morning yes so you know we're i'm here introing this episode and so i understand that you had an amazing like 50 minute long chat about a, a couple paragraphs on jack carr's website yeah, we went in depth. Uh, these few paragraphs we've got to tease us for Red Sky Morning, it has a lot packed in there. So he and I went deep. There was also like a 30-second trailer posted on social media, a little teaser trailer, and and we tried to go frame by frame on that. It's most likely all pure nonsense and speculation. We got a couple of good theories out there, though. Okay. So I, So let's use this time, though, Chris. I haven't heard from you at all what you think about both the title and the little plot description that we got. So the title is interesting because, you know, is like, is he going, because, you know, he likes Montana, like that area. So that's big sky country. You have the red sky. And like there's a saying, it like, you know, red sky and red sky at night, sailor's delight, red sky in the morning, sailor's warning. Like that's like a, a thing. Like, so that, that was the first thing that I went to when I read red sky morning. Like, all right, this it's, bad omen but then also like this idea of mourning like what's you know is there going to be some trauma going on um red blood you know all all these things were jumping to my mind and then i read the paragraph on jack's website uh explaining like giving us the 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 nitty-gritty and it's exactly what we've been waiting for dude we 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 were talking about alice we were i i think like that was like our biggest letdown even though like i really liked really really liked the last novel but I wanted more Alice and then what you know Jack is giving it to us like he, she's she's going to be the main character like pretty much with, with James like this this next novel I'm, I'm super intrigued super excited about this that's what Tyler and I mainly talked about for this whole time was those exact questions we raised on the pod and I went back and listened to our coverage of only the dead we had so much to say we did three hours on it we had a three-part series on only the dead and ended up ranking it really high mm-hmm. the it was more a good I, novel yeah the more i think most of us so i think you or he put it second favorite and we all had it third favorite second or third favorite it's definitely one of the better james reese books i even might bump it up i had true believer ahead of it the more i go back to this book and i just listened to a few chapters at the end i wanted to kind of refresh after talking to tyler where we left off at only the dead so i totally recommend you guys check out our coverage on that we really go over the main points of what happened 
And some of them are going to be important here. Alice, of course, is one of them. But Tyler brought it up, and I had to go back to the last chapter to see it again. The president has Reese in her office, and and she's the Mm -hmm. uh, vice president after the assassination attempt orchestrated by the Russians. But I don't know about her. Do you remember? She gets that phone call. She she had the phone call. call. She had a Cryptol device. She told Reese the recording device software and bugs in the Oval Office was turned off for their meeting. And she takes this phone call once he leaves, and it's super fishy. It's really suspicious. So I don't know what to think about this President Olsen. And it's not mentioned in the description here. There's a new politician controlled by a foreign power, a breath away from the Oval Office. I mean, she's already in the Oval Office. So what's that transition of power like? And in the background, we've got the collective. One other thing I saw in Only the Dead that I kind of forgot was that he mailed, or at least he told Poe that he mailed the documentation that Poe wanted to cover up about the collective and everything they've been doing and these global elites. And he did say he put that information out there. And Poe says, yeah, but you can't stop it. It's essentially like Hydra. And while Poe's disappointed that the documents are out there, he thought he destroyed them. He does tell Reese, you only know very little of this organization. And if you think doing that is going to stop it, you're woefully misunderstood. So are any of those loose ends, President Olsen, the collective, and certainly we know Alice going to play a role in this. We don't know from this description. It sounds like it's going to do something completely new. I know. And then there's this, this Chinese submarine, like that's yeah. going to like bring us into the story. And then I think it's going to evolve from there. So yeah, super excited about this. What do, do we know when, when this is coming out? May 14th. May. Okay. Spring. Uh, yeah, book. His, his book come, his books come out in May and then we get, then we get uh Brad and then we get, Kyle. Kyle. So yep. spread out. It's a nice way to spread it out. Yeah. Kick off the kick off the summer with Jack and the summer with God. Well, now with Don. Don. Yeah, exactly. So before I get into my conversation with Tyler, we play that for you, Chris. Any last minute things you have to say about besides Alice, what you expect or what you want in the next Reese book? You know, I, I want to go a little bit more into his relationship with um with Katie, like I felt like that kind of took a little bit of a backseat in the last novel. I want to see more of the Hastings. Like, got it, got to see more Papa Hastings, Mama Hastings, Caroline, baby, Caroline Hastings. Yeah, and I, I'm just really intrigued to see like how he interacts with Alice, and like ultimately, is Alice good? Is she bad? Like, or you know, some sort of in between. Like, how does he play with that? Because this this idea of this superpowered AI. And I, the way I was reading it, I think it's also going to be combating like another AI. So it's going to be like a yep. battle of AIs. Yeah, so. that's what we talk about. Yeah, yeah. No, I got, I'm looking forward to listening to your conversation with Tyler. So yeah, and you bring up the Hastings. One other little nugget that we were left dangling is Rafe wants to hire the German, right? Who is kind of like does that, that Grisha Azarov. Yeah, is is that going to play a role? And and mourning, mourning spelled with the U in the sense of loss. Do we lose somebody? I mean, that to me was the first thing when I heard Red Sky mourning, particularly how it was spelled. Red Sky signifying death and blood, mourning. I was like, shit, are we going to lose somebody big? Yeah. Is it Rafe? Ooh, that'd be Ooh. tough, man. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. Is it Katie? Is it Reese? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Is it Katie? Oh, can we have really to, do uh, that again. <laughs> we have, yeah, no, he can't. He already killed his wife once. Um, well, we gotta we gotta plan like our Jack Carr because the they just started up the filming again with the prequel series with with Ben. Chris Pratt's gonna be in that show. Yeah, for I think two of the episodes. So excited about that. That one's dropping first before season two of Terminalist. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And then it said we're gonna get cover cover of this updated soon, so you you know we're gonna have to get back on to talk about the cover. So definitely another conversation uh, with the boys is gonna is gonna happen when when that cover drops. I don't know. I'm a little antsy about that, but we'll see. All right. Cool. We ended up liking only the dead a lot. The cover. Yes. Very true. All right. Well, enjoy this conversation between Tyler and Mike. We're joined again by Jack Carr superfan and now jujitsu master Tyler Boer. Welcome back to the pod. <laughs> What's going on? I wouldn't be saying that too much. I do not have that much jujitsu under my belt compared to everyone You've else. You've been committed so. to it, though. I'm, I'm committed, but that doesn't mean I'm good. What are the actual titles? Is master even a thing? Is it- no, it is not. A <laughs> thing. I wouldn't have. No, it, so. it goes it goes off a of belt color and, you know, a, a typical training schedule and then how often it takes to change belt colors and those colors represent skill level and knowledge base of the sport and i am simply a a novice and not not very good so next time we hear from you you'll be a grandmaster (laughs) no no not unless you plan on hearing from me next in like 10 years so it's a very long and strenuous uh it's a very long process so a lot of people go into it with not realistic expectations so as long as you realize it's going to be like a 10 to 15 year grind to get decent then uh then maybe you can stick around but i'm just getting started really enjoying it so far so well you know who else has been getting to the grind that's our man jack carr and the whole reason we brought you back here today is we've got some exciting news about the next installment and i'll be honest you broke the news to me my phone started lighting up the other day uh we're recording two days after the drop of red sky morning and we wanted to do it right here. Get your live reaction. Hear what you think. I just dug into a lot of this. Finally, I read the little breakdown and watched the video. And I know you're the master at going through those things frame by frame. So start us off from the beginning. What was your state of mind when you first saw Red Sky Morning? Um, I saw that it was like two two days prior to the drop that he was gonna he he just put made a post that like said title dropping soon, which usually whenever he does that, he has it coming like within the week. So, you know, a couple of days later, he released the title with a short little clip video with a little bit of audio and the 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 video that he put with it in the background behind some filters and stuff was were some clips from the Terminalist show. Yeah. So saw some Chris Pratt and stuff in there. So nothing too revealing other than the title um, and morning is spelled like mourn, like a mourn, like you mourn a loss. It's not morning like the beginning of the day, which I thought was was nice. It's a cool title. I'm very curious to see what the cover looks like. I know we always critique and go over our favorite covers out of like the the bunch that get released across the, oh, across it'll the world. So it'll come. Yeah, but uh, I'm very curious. I I'm, I've been pretty impressed with his last two books after like the uh, kind of the fumble with the fourth one. So I like the title and something I caught at the end when I was going frame by frame a little bit was maybe just a short synopsis. But the problem is it's cut off on the left and right, so you don't even get full sentences. But most of what 
is in here. Like the first line is what he has in his posts, which is you think, you know, James Reese, think again, a storm is on the horizon. Um, America's days are numbered is in there. I think is, is another one, Yeah. but something I caught whenever the words were just on screen for just a, f- a frame or two is that a Marine has gone rogue and is navigating towards the, you can't see what it says. And then on the next line, it says the United States putting its nuclear missiles within striking, I'm guessing distance yeah. or some something like that. Um, well, let, let me fill it in because actually all of those are ripped, like you said, directly from the preview we got and the synopsis. Yeah. So I thought we can go kind of section by section here and, and let me get your take on some of this. So like you said, you think you know James Reese, think again. What is that about? What is the twist you think we're going to get? Something that's revealed about James. I don't know what's going to be revealed about James. I think it has to do with what the discussion he has with the president at the end of mm. the last novel, because, mm. you know, we get told that there's a discussion happening and we don't get re- get to really see or or know what what it, what is said. Yeah. Other than that, he it seems like he leaves with a different perspective than he had going in, you know, going in there. He pretty much thought that his fighting days were done and he wanted to settle down in Montana with with, uh, you know, his wife and have his store. And his business, that his his idea was, and then you know Al, Alice kind of threw him threw threw a monkey wrench into that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think this book is going to be really focused on Alice and whether she can be trusted or not. Yeah. And then on top of that, I think um, I know Alice is no longer confined to that location. I believe was it in Texas, the underground location he went to, Texas, or was it Colorado? I might be mixing that up with Scott Harvath. I, I thought it was Texas. He went to Texas. Um, but she escaped. She, she's like living in the internet. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. So she is basically like almost the same as like a cloud, but she's, you know, self-aware and sentient. And for some reason she has a thing for James. She likes James right. and she makes herself sound like Lauren to James, which I'm very curious. You know, we see everything from James's perspective. I'm curious what other characters she might have a liking to. And if she makes herself sound different to them or is James, such a staple to her for some reason that she sounds like Lauren to everybody. Like she changed her personality mm. to be more comfortable to James. And that's just how she is. But I think it's going to focus on her and whether she can be trusted or not. And I also think that she's going to be in some sort of danger, which, you know, from past descriptions and just knowledge about quantum computing is pretty much impossible for her to be in trouble if she's self-aware and like not in a, in a physical location anymore. But I think instead of, her being in direct danger, I think maybe some bad guys. I, f- I feel like that underground facility yeah. might come under attack. Like if we're going to speculate about what might happen, I feel like we might get into a little bit of, have you ever seen War Games with uh, Matthew Broderick? No. I think it might be a little bit like that. Um, so War Games is about a very large computer that is meant to simulate nuclear war with Russia during the Cold War. And basically, Matthew Broderick unknowingly is playing what he believes is the video game at home, but at a nuclear Mm. defense location nearby. Matthew Broderick is making these artificial strikes and the the nuclear facility is getting like notifications that nukes are in the air, basically. Mm. So this computer is like playing like a game with them, basically. So anyways, for those of you who know War Games, great 80s movie. I think it's there's going to be a little bit of that going in there where Alice might be tricking our enemies into maybe launching a counter offense for some reason for some unknown goal. But I think in my mind, um, she's going to be in trouble or in danger somehow. I think this one's going to focus on Alice again. What was that book? Five had Alice, I think, in, as as a big part in the of blood? It, six. Is that when we met Alice in the blood? 
Yeah, I believe so, because that's when they, he was hunting down that counter sniper. That was the sniper versus sniper. Yes. Book. And then she yeah. didn't she featured in only the dead. But I remember I was a little wanting. I, I think I wanted her. She, kind she of, was barely in the end. Yeah, she took a back of, scene. Of, like, of Only the Dead. Yeah, and she got Reese the cell phone that, that tipped him off to the coming arrest. And then she also yeah, but that was at the end of That was at the end of In the Blood. She helps him get out. Yeah. But then he says, so where's Alice? And they basically don't know. They don't know. Exactly. She's, she's missing. So she's she's in the wind for the majority of that last book. Yeah, and thinking about that as like an arc, I, I'm – I'm kind of happy about that now because in the moment I was kind of disappointed she wasn't there. But I think what that allowed was the last book, Only the Dead, to be a Tom Reese story. Yeah, which I loved. And I hope that it. you know what I, I really think. Um, so he he's working on some non nonfiction stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think this fiction story, I don't think we're going to get like an end of of James Reese. But I th I think we are going to get uh, maybe a spinoff of either Rafe or of uh thomas reese i think i think a thomas reese spinoff of like cold war spy stuff espionage oh, would be great cia stuff would be great because that prologue that focuses on thomas reese oh, yeah. is awesome it's so good the whole poe and stowe storyline i remember uh coining it as that anytime we went yeah. back to poe and stowe and these connections that thomas had and this world he was building and finally getting james to interact with those figures who were from his childhood but really mainstays of Thomas Reese's life. I thought that was so exciting and a great move at this point in the series. I, I thought doing yeah. that and only the dead was just perfect. Yeah. Just that prologue and the espionage type stuff and the, you know, sneaking around and not knowing his full name. And then I really like the, you know, the wife being introduced to him and them having like a cool relationship. And then he, he saves her is, is great. Great. And I don't know that for some reason, that section of that book, it's, it has to do with the time period, obviously, and spy stuff, but it just has like a very Cold War espionage, Tinker Taylor soldier yep. spy feel yep. to it. And like, you know, the spy that came in from the cold field, yep. stuff like that. For sure. So I, I really enjoy that beginning part. So it would be cool to get a Thomas Reese spinoff with some spy espionage stuff. I agree that, with that, um, but it also, as good as it was in the moment, it did, I remember, leave me wanting for what's the deal with Alice because she was such, yeah. once you enter her into the universe, you, you almost it's Pandora's box. You can't, you know, put it away. You can't close it. Like the fact that that's out there is going to change everything. And I liked how they didn't use her. They just said, oh, she's in the wind. Right. Like she's she she ran basically from her physical embodiment of being in that in that suspended computer. But based on what we're hearing now there, she was still doing She was still active. There was something. Oh, happening. yeah, she was still she was still doing stuff and probably pretty active. I mean, she got James released from from his imprisonment which i still believe should have had a little bit more weight to it like it was like oh you know the end the the last book on a huge cliffhanger of he's arrested for the president's murder and then in the next book like yeah he has a hard time in there but he's just like willfully released and like oh sorry wrong yeah wrong guy i remember you made that point and it's definitely definitely valid but he, yeah. so to wrap up the alice point because i really like that we're coming back to it at this point and i'm glad it kind of had a breather Here's what the little description says about Alice's role in this book. Quote, the country's only hope is a quantum computer that has gone dark, retreating to the deepest levels of the Internet, learning at a rate inconceivable at her inception. But during her time in hiding, she has done more than learn. She has become a weapon. She is now positioned to act as either the country's greatest savior or its worst enemy. She is known as Alice, and her only connection to the outside world is to a former Navy SEAL sniper 
named James Reese, who has left the violence of his past life behind. Those are the questions when Alice was introduced, the exact questions I wanted asked by a novelist, by a thriller novelist, and someone as yeah. well well in tune with things as Jack Carr. Will she be the country's greatest savior or worst enemy? That initially was one of the things Chris and I debated when we met Alice. Is she the best thing to happen for the U.S.? Or is she the worst thing to happen for the U.S.? Yeah. And then you explore that through the relationship with Reese, which allows you to get at a very necessary fiction storytelling AI quantum computing development, which is how human is this thing? And you do that through a relationship with a person. And it sounds like something about what Alice learned or advanced to necessitates a human relationship for it to achieve its goals. We don't know if that's good or bad, but the fact that it requires a connection to a human being that Alice probably knows more than he knows about himself is is yeah. just, I think, great questions to play with. Yeah, I think that um, there's a big potential for James to be used here and a big potential for for a nice twist. Yeah. Um, but I think that they, there could be like a, a double, you know, a twist and a take back. That's, the, you know, whenever Alice is using James, but then you know, there's a a point to letting him know that he's being used. And meanwhile, she wasn't actually using him. She just told him that to influence him to do this task or that task. So, you know, I think I really like and I think the readers seem to really like James and Alice's relationship and how she, you know, tries to embody Lauren a little bit or at least remind him of her. And I uh, she clearly does that on purpose. Um, yeah. You, you, so, oh, you know, what would be cool. The same way a recent trend has been the voices, particularly of Thomas Reese, but I believe occasionally he also sees or hears his his family. Yeah. I feel like Alice knowing or manipulating that, like, because that's consciousness, right? Like, if Alice can know everything that exists through the internet, through, you know, physical, auditory, whatever senses, Alice yeah. can, can interpret that data. That data can be digitized. As of now... I don't think human consciousness can, right? Like James is the yeah. only one who hears those voices. Yeah. Well, is there some way that Alice needs to be able to hear or be able to provide him the voices of his father or the voices yeah. of, you know, Lucy? And does that have something to do with Alice? Because the fact that Jack has done that for a few books now and those voices have helped him survive a few battles is really cool. You can make that the next level if Alice is able to somehow – influence that or or make a play on or that's the one thing she doesn't know it could be the opposite right the one thing that saves everybody is the fact that she doesn't know she thinks she's calculated james reese right like you you can download every data on a human being and you basically could think since you're ai you can control them like you could be controlled an automaton but the voices in his head are what allow him not to be manipulated because that's the one thing alice can't know that would be really cool it's e- it's either that or something similar. Like Alice has everybody down but Lucy because she was three at the time. No of her data. Death. Yeah. And, and what if uh, what if you know she's manipulating James by impersonating everyone from his past, and then it goes to impersonate Lucy. And he knows it's false. Get him to do the last thing. Yeah. And he goes, "Well, that's not her." That's and not it Lucy. Snaps him out of it. Would be cool. Um, There's so much you could do. Have you ever seen Eagle Eye? You know, the answer is no. I think every movie okay. you ask me, particularly ones from the 80s, is going to be a no. <laughs> no, Eagle Eye's newer. It's a Shia LaBeouf movie. Oh, okay. But uh, I will have, I'll, I'll have a, a, if anybody that wants some AI films out there, you can do War Games, which is from the 80s. Did you see that new one? What's the one that just came out? 
Um, there's a new AI one called The Creator. Yeah, I heard it's, it's only okay. It's, good. it's all right. It wasn't bad. Okay, I enjoyed it. Okay. It's a uh, it's a it's a story that's been done. It's a little similar to like The Last of Us type of story. Um, oh, okay, okay. So two people are kind of forced to travel together and don't like each other at first, and then eventually grow fond of each other. War, War Games is great, and that I think that this is going to have kind of a feel of that, just because Jack loves the '80s and '80s movies, and that's a very that's, um, that's like technology making two countries nearly go to war inadvertently, and they really aren't doing what the technology says that they're doing. It's basically like false flagging. Yeah, and then uh, Ex Machina is a great yes, great AI movie that's pretty good, and then um, Eagle Eye is cool too. Eagle Eye has some cool things. I believe Eagle Eye even features a quantum computer. Uh, with a lens and like a camera that it can see through and like uh, one of my favorite scenes this does not ruin anything no, no spoiler alert or anything but two people are talking in a room to be private and away from any microphones so that the quantum computer can't tell what they're saying and the lens looks at the glass and it can see the minute vibrations oh, and course. it can decrypt what they're saying yeah. by the vibrations in the glass it's super cool so those three uh, if you guys want some ai movies that might relate or prepare you for this type of story which I know some people may have thought the last Alice themed book, which, like we said, I think was five, right? Yeah. Uh, in in the blood, uh, might have been a little more on the science fiction side, but it's actually uh, pretty grounded as far as what the capabilities are, uh, that were the potential capabilities. Yeah. And I believe that when Jack talked about that, you know, he 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 didn't say I know this is true, but he says I've talked to enough people who have been on the inside to tell me that I'm yeah. pretty close to something. So yeah. Yeah. It, he, yeah. He would ask questions and they say, well, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Well, it sounds like war games and some of these, and thank you for those recommendations. Yeah. Get into that. Let's turn to a little bit of the geopolitical stuff because we get some really, really explosive information here, particularly this part about a foreign power controlling an agent being one breath away from the Oval Office. Just listen to this. A Chinese submarine has gone rogue and is navigating toward the continental U.S., putting its nuclear missiles within striking distance of the West Coast. A rising Silicon Valley tech mogul with unknown allegiances is at the forefront of a revolution in quantum computing and AI. A politician controlled by a foreign power is a breath away from the Oval Office. This is election stuff. This is technology. It's nuclear missiles. At uh, on the USA's you know doorstep, that's China. I'm re- and in the little video teaser, there was a Chinese flag waving yeah. in one of the shots, and now we know this rogue nuclear submarine is is within striking distance of the West Coast. You are you digging this kind of stuff? Yeah, I am. I'm I'm digging it. And like, um, if we look back, there's quite a few stories that Jack was writing like a year before. And a book releases and that theme of that book actually happens in real life. Mm. Um, so, uh, for for instance, True Believer, Ukraine. Um, yeah. And then he, he was already researching biochemical weapons and then COVID happened. And so I was curious as to what this one would, would entail. And if anything with like Israel-Palestine would be involved or any, anything like that. Um, and uh, with, you know, election, election season coming up, I had suspected maybe some election stuff. And it, especially with the setup, if you read the last the, the epilogue of the last book, this vice president that is now in the in the in the Oval Office that doesn't want to be there in the presidential position, she basically seemed like she was getting out and that, you know, uh, she gives James the cell phone with Alice on it and everything. And 
that's kind of, I think, maybe her parting gift from the Oval Office. Yeah. So unless she can be convinced to run, and even if she runs, there's no guarantee she can win, especially with a tech mogul in the other seat. Yeah, we got you know, an Elon there, Musk almost, uh, kind of Yeah, there's almost figure. like untold potential for anybody to basically go in there and even have the greatest support and still lose because a tech mogul is you know running. Do you think all three of these storylines have the same aim in that the Chinese submarine is the foreign power, the Chinese controlling the politician who's about to take, or it seems is going to take the Oval Office, and the tech mogul with their quantum computing revolutions is in bed with the Chinese? Do you think they're all related, or do you think there's a possibility of another storyline? You know, North Korea is going to infiltrate the Oval Office, or the Russians are the ones working with the tech mogul. Yeah, I think that it's very good potential that that's it, and I have a feeling that the tech mogul being controlled by the Chinese is obviously under the table. And it's, I mean, it's being posed as a question, but I mean, if you just read that, that's all the information we're given. Those three things link together very well to set up our, our antagonists and our protagonist is Alice and her embodiment and the body she's using to get around and get people is James. So, um, but yeah, it's, I, I hope it's a question of whether she can be trusted or not because she disappeared. We don't know where she was. They had to vet her information that released James. That's why it took so long. Right. She gave the FBI and CIA and the government the information to release James. But I think that it took so long. Um, they even tell him because they had to vet all the information. Well, given. she would know they're they going to trust it. it. Yeah. And, and they, they didn't trust it. Yeah. So um, she's trying to build trust. I mean, it would be nice if, if she kept it straightforward. But I do think that if you're really going to change up this thriller book it's it can't just be like a group of antagonists versus james and and alice and there's violence and he's hunting people down there's there's got to be a little bit more complexity to it than that yeah so i feel like if alice whose side alice is really on is going to probably be in question at some point which i hope it is yeah and i mean i hope it's she is on james's side legitimately but i feel like it's going to be in question because she doesn't have to answer to anybody there's times there's been times in the past where he needs her and she kind of disappears on him yeah, and we we frankly don't know while she's been in hiding, collecting whatever information she's been doing. Will that lead to the conclusion of defending America is the best thing, or is the the proper outcome that yeah. Alice is aiming for, or is that not? You know, like and and the thing is, like back in the day, I would have said, well, all of that is just an algorithm that depends on the inputs of the programmer, right? The programmer will decide what the end goal is. And you make the algorithm do whatever is necessary to get there. But the thing with AI and quantum computing is that's not the case. You can make an Alice and it has no – there's no requirements for whoever created it and input whatever you wanted it to do that it's going to continue to do that. As it learns, that's precisely the point. You can't control it. It's going to do what it decides is is the next step. Yeah. So being that it's a tech mogul with the backing of China. Is uh, there another Alice? Do they have one? Uh, that's that, that's what I'm thinking is that they're trying to develop one and Alice is either in in threat digitally. Alice inserted itself into that. Yeah, but I'm thinking maybe there's another there's another quantum computer like Alice and that it was trying to hack her and that's why she split from the underground facility. Mm. Like they're going to explain why she left and that she went deeper into the levels of the internet that she explained in book five. Yo, if we get AI v AI, you know, kind of like a spy <laughs> versus spy book, but this time it's our AI versus their AI and they're doing defensive yeah. and offensive maneuvers and 
And I, I have a feeling if that's the if that's the thing, you know, Alice is going to be guiding James through this novel. But if it comes down to that in the final chapter or final chapters, AI versus AI, I think James is going to give her the edge methods and and the edge yeah. to win, because I think that uh, that other AI isn't going to have a James Reese. I think yes, James, she's, she's going to be guiding James to get to the political leaders of China who has this politician in their pocket and try and unravel the conspiracy basically and find out where this sub is exactly. And another thing that could add to it is if the sub is some sort of, some sort of technology we haven't seen before, or, you know, the sub like, like war games, this would be very war games is if the sub isn't really there, mm. we are being tricked. Mm. We are being tricked by an AI, right? The sub is there and we go to fire. And meanwhile, we hit some, we hit some boat fishing boat. Chinese. Yeah, whatever. yeah. And then China declares war. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That's the book so. 20, let me see, General Stravitas, uh, 2024. There's a really, really good book. I think you like it. We talked about it with Brad Thor, um, 2054. It, it could be very, uh, what was it, the the main that miraculously exploded and started the Spanish-American War? Right, the modern-day version of that or even the futuristic yeah. version of that, exactly. No, there was, there was a great book that essentially was the U.S. and China on a collision course mainly over this fishing boat in the South China Sea that was rigged, made it look like we attacked it, and and all hell broke loose. And that was cool yeah. because that brought in India, and it made India kind of have to be this um, neutral kind of forceful power saying, like, if there's a Chinese or an American sh ship that's going to – or or plane that's going to basically drop a nuke or launch an attack, India will intercept it. And they had to, like, yeah. show their cards and just say, like – you two stop fucking around and you're like, we're going to force you to come <laughs> to the table. It was kind of cool. Yeah. But back to this AI versus AI, I think you're onto something. And that goes to what we said before with Alice's commitment to Reese. I think she realizes they're, they're probably equally matched, right? What she can do versus what their AI tech can do. And she, I think somehow calculates the human capacity for relationship is the difference where the other yeah. side doesn't allow for that, that their AI will just, you know, do traditional things to to win yeah. or create bots or create an army or or yep. it's going to be people. ones and zeros. And while that human relationship is going to give Alice the edge, but I exactly I I hope this isn't it. But like I can picture them somehow on on their level of artificial intelligence and internet having a physical manifestation digitally. And almost fighting and James can give give her the edge on how to fight or something like that because he knows how to. Can you imagine an Alice like mech? Like that'd be nuts. <laughs> I don't I don't mean like that. I mean, it's going to take place all digitally. Yeah. Okay. But just that she isn't, you know, the, the AIs will be equal. But James, can, you know, it'll be the yep. majority of the book will be Alice guiding James. And then James is going to have to have a moment of guiding Alice to like some sort of victory. But I do see like if we go back to war games, um, it would be very much in line with that story if you know alice is telling the government hey the chinese have a sub over here and it's yeah. another ai imitating alice yeah. or something like that and meanwhile the sub isn't even there and we fire yeah. and hit a fishing boat or something and then chinese declare war it's like yeah that's very much like reminds me of war games and i know listeners if you've seen the newest mission impossible dead reckoning part one ai and submarines and firing and subs not being there is the Big, very big theme in the prologue of that film. So uh, that movie, quick, quick non-spoiler thing. There's an AI um, that they have loaded on a sub, 
and it's supposed to make them stealthy and things like that. And for some reason, I believe a virus is uploaded to it and it projects an enemy sub nearby. And so they fire a torpedo and the torpedo goes through where the enemy sub should have been and basically nothing's there. And eventually they think they're fine and the torpedo makes like a circle and comes back and hits its, hits the sub. So they, sh- they fired the torpedo and it hits the, the rear of it and they basically kill themselves. So that movie's a lot about trying to get down there to get that AI out of the submarine. Dang, yeah. One of Ward Larson's books that we read had something similar. It was basically a false flag where one ship tricked our ship into attacking it and it was a whole mess. Uh, so another angle here is there's a drone in the little video clip trailer that they posted. One uh, shot early on in it, a little dra- drone goes through the corner. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how drones will feature and it'd be kind of cool if there are rogue drones that an Alice or an AI kind of co-ops. Yeah, that would be, that would be nice because I feel like, uh, Alice is going to be in James's pocket or, you know, phone or, or something like that. And I, I really like, I really liked how she warned him of the police coming. Yeah. 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 And it was like, uh, I can't remember someone's cell phone didn't have signal yep. and it's still, and it still went through. off. Yeah. I like that. And so I feel like if Alice is going to be on James's person and there's an enemy AI that this tech mogul is basically in charge of, and then he's being ran by the Chinese, it makes sense for James to be in Asia somewhere. And that other AI is going to have to keep tabs on him. And so if Alice protects his location somehow with her capabilities, then that that drone could be under AI control looking for him. Yeah, that would be just And wild. I'm sure I'm sure that it'd be nice if that enemy AI had some sort of personality or embodiment, you know, or you know, a name. I'm sure it's going to have some sort of male. It's going to be, you know, that would they be probably won't do another female. They'll probably pick a male. Yeah. Uh, especially because in that area of the world men men are no, you know, pictured as being super dominant That'd and be it's really kind of cool. unique. So, I think that if there is an AI ran by this tech mogul that's trying to get to the White House, I mean, it's it's a very big implication that the Chinese are basically trying to invade and control the U.S. via our political system. Yeah. So there's a lot of things like that going on in real life. Uh, if anybody pays attention to what the Chinese purchase as far as farmland and things like that, right. there's, there's a, quite a bit of real life stuff Im- implicated. And the and spy and balloon. Buy. Yeah, not just the spy <laughs> balloons, but uh, just some other things, um, some other, you know, per- who's purchasing properties and who is sitting on them. Yeah. If you uh, track them back, there's quite a, quite a bit, especially when it comes to farmland, just ridiculous amounts of acreage being owned, owned by people that aren't American. You know, you, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, or Bill Gates, because he, he's doing that too, but he is, you're talking about some locations, like what China's doing. I also am trying to identify a couple of buildings and cityscapes that we see in the little trailer. And I know one for sure. Well, there's okay. the Capitol building, of course, that it goes past. And then there's the Chinese flag with a a coastal-looking um, city that I, I would imagine is Chinese because it's with the flag behind it. But nine seconds in, there's also Independence Hall. I'm like 99% certain Independence Hall flashes through. I feel like Philly, that would be something cool, whether it's a battle scene that's happening in like a very historic yeah. location. Okay, so I'm looking at it right now and I'm scrubbing it um, and I'm at nine seconds. You think that's Capital it? Capitol building. Mm, yeah, I think. It's the one with the clock. You can see the clock in the middle. Okay, so let me see if I, my camera will pick it up or not. Um, so there is the a clock? clock in this shot above this. So I do believe that is Independence Hall in Philly. 
then they go into some terminalist clips from the show. Exactly, that was cool. Then I get a U.S. flag and clouds and the sun rising, uh, and then I see the drone you're talking about here in the at the end. Um, it's like, let me let it play. It's hard. To yeah, tell. the drone is at the end, and then it loops through. Yeah, yeah I was watching it on loop. There's a horse at one point. A real yeah. quick view. I was hoping to see a submarine there somewhere, but I, uh, I hope I hope that, that the submarine is a real threat. You know, that's very Hunt for Red October, um, and it would that would be another cool thing is if the sub is a is an actual threat. It's not just you know some. I, it I expect, could be a false flag. Could be real. I expect this sub not to be there. Would be cool um, because that gives me more of like I said a war games feel. Yeah. But even if the sub's there and we can't find it, that's a huge. Well, that's like World War Two vibes of like subs buzzing the east coast you know like yeah. long island and things like they were they were finding uh nazi subs uh, what's with this horse though i don't know if you can get there i see this at i'm watching i'm, I'm going through super you, slow go ahead and look for know. you see the the tail of a horse it could be a statue that's a, that's a possibility it's in like a field and there's a figure on it turned backwards that doesn't look real almost a dummy or a, a scarecrow like it's a very strange looking reverse figure on horseback oh yeah i see it the background looks like i think could that's be a statue a prison. yeah i think it's gonna be a statue i think that's a statue. that would be an interesting one to try to identify where that is hang on one second i think i know who it is but i'm gonna try and see where it is no he's not on it backwards that's a colonial hat okay here's something interesting where it says think again with the cross tomahawks in the top half is the American flag as it, what looks like a nuclear explosion goes off with some sort of clouds or an aura. And as that explodes, a ship goes by on the bottom. I can't identify what kind of ship, if it's military, civilian, transport. But the explosion is happening right above this ship going through. So I think some attacks at sea, whether it's on military vessels or... Hey, uh, look up, uh, look up equestrian statue of George Washington, Morristown, New Jersey. Tell me if that's not it. Is he backwards? He's not, but I watched it again. I, I, I scrubbed it and paused it right on. It's not backwards. He's wearing like a cloak oh. and he has that colonial hat. So it looks like it's backwards. Oh, how'd you, how'd you come up with this one? I don't know. I thought it was George Washington. I looked up George Washington statue on horse. I think it's going to depend on how the tail is swaying. Kind of want to be able to see that. The shot in the trailer is straight from the back, so it is tough. But I was like, that's a colonial hat, and it looks like maybe Washington. So that, that could kind of go with New our, Jersey. That can go with our Independence Hall Philly thing of like we're going after some sort of historical connections. Yeah. Northeast. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah that's in the exactly. In the, in the colonial area, like a Williamsburg yeah. even. In that case, yeah. if the figure's not turned backwards, it could be any old equestrian colonial Yeah, statue. I'm trying to go back to it on the uh, on the video real quick just to double check if he's backwards or not, but that's what came to mind immediately, and I think it looks like it. Yeah, it could. could just, well, you got to look at the background too because there's this building that almost looks – Okay. almost looks prison-like, but – and it's in a I'm gonna field. try and get it on my camera. Maybe even yeah. see the pedestal. It's what kind of pedestal it's on. Yeah. Oh man, I just missed it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a statue, but that's just me. Yeah. I'm no, I'm getting uh, looking at the tail. It definitely looks like it's a uh, carved different one. Metal. Yeah, and the background is uh is maybe going to be a key. B probably something small. We're we're picking nits at this point. You might you might as well be Chris. And by the way, guys, Chris couldn't make it tonight. 
he got his fourth bout of COVID. I guess I sent it somehow digitally through the microphone to him uh, last week, but maybe if I can get this in focus, maybe where's that statue? Check out that tail. Yeah, it could, it could be, but something about us history in the colonial period, I think is going to play a role with what we're looking at. Uh, Chris, and I'm going to take a lot of what you said, Ty to Chris and tomorrow night, he and I are going to dig into some things. So I'll get a read on, uh, what he likes about our, our theorizing, what his ideas are. <laughs> Can we just close with, because we brushed over it early on, Red Sky Morning, you mentioned this play on words, morning spelled with the U. The big play on like Red Sun Rising, which would be related directly to China. Yeah, so red obviously brings up communism, China. The yeah. Red Sky makes you think of death. Morning makes you think of death and explosion. What's your take on the title? Were you were you happy with it? Because it's very different than anything we've got in a Jack yeah. Carr book. Yeah, I uh, I like it. I like um, in the lineup. I really like. I think my favorite is probably only the dead because of the phrase in the book that 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 those yes. words are in. Only the dead live to see the end of war. Great quote. Yeah, yeah. So as far as red. I, I I like it. It's fine, and especially with the relation that that China is the the antagonist group in this one. You know, we've seen a lot of Russia, a lot of a lot of Russian antagonists in in the book series so far. So, and it, not just Russian, but people that are related or in 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 employment by Russians. Mm -hmm. And also, I think there's a character I was going to ask you about the the German that Rafe right. goes to at the end of the last one. I think that that character is going to have a bigger part in this, in this book with Rafe. I think you're right. I, I think that they might be forming like a little fire team, which would be nice. Um, I, but I don't know. I think you're right that it's going to happen. And I really, I re I like that scene that, that kind of stuff. When we have a series that goes this long, I really pine for, I appreciate. I just, I, it might happen in two or three books from now. So it could be now. But he like somehow wrote that character to be so likable with so little dialogue and so little yes. backstory just to throw him in there with a few paragraphs. And Rafe and like picked just, up on that. Yeah. And I, I like Rafe's line. I like Rafe's line when he says, you know, says, what do you want? And Rafe says, I want to hire you. Yeah. And so I think I think those seeds are planted firmly. I think that'll come. I, I don't know if this book is going to be it, but I think you're absolutely right. We didn't even talk. What is the role of Rafe in this book? Where does he fit in in all this? I don't know. I don't know. His His role previously is just to pretty much be pretty much like the command post for home i think for where the hastings are yeah and the hastings are home that to, compass to james yeah and you know while i think in the last book he kind of you know spread out a little bit and kind of tagged along on his ventures he also got left behind a little bit i like to see an adventure where him and james are there together through the whole thing so yeah i don't know how he's going to be handled here i'm not sure I feel like Rafe is much more of an equal in Savage Son than in the last book. For sure. Oh, yeah. That's a very Hastings forward book. I yeah, mean, I, uh, yeah. I I really want to see Rafe as an equal. So what would be cool is like um, trying to think of a good person, or, you know, group to compare this to. So in Captain America Civil War, Captain America is the leading man. And then like Winter Soldier Bucky. and Falcon yep. and, and Winter, Winter Soldier and Falcon are like the goofballs that are buddies yep. that are like the second, you know, they're, they're the backup. Yep. But like their chemistry is almost brother like. Yeah. It'd be cool if the German and Rafe kind of had that and they're they're the you know the, the backup and they're a little brother like yeah. and nitpicking and, and picking on each other and stuff would be cool. But. And and our listeners would know we're Mitch Rap fans. You can either 
take Rafe and the German. Rafe is like the Scott Coleman to the Mitch Rap, and the German could be a Grisha Azarov to the Mitch Rap. So our listeners will totally get those dynamics. And uh, we know Jack really appreciated Vince Flynn. So absolutely, yeah. I think there's an opportunity for a little love triangle there, like a Mitch Rap, a Scott Coleman, and a Grisha. Uh, so you're spot on with that. I just got to say about the title, my first reaction was it's a little i don't know if I, how i'm feeling about this kind of pun it was almost a little playful i know it's it sounds deadly serious red sky morning but it's almost trying to be a little too cute for me obviously i'm going to withhold judgment finally until we read the book and i think maybe even get the cover i think the cover if they go directly into a red sky yeah might be a good play it could come off again as cheap or cute so I'm really, really not too sure. And mourning makes me think death will play a role. So yeah. if if any of that happens in the book, I think I can digest the title a lot better. But my first reaction was twofold. Is it a little too cute with this pun? And second, doesn't seem like a Jack Carr title. It's really different. And that might be a signpost of what's to come. And, and I'd be okay with it if that's embraced. But if it's just kind of this out there title that doesn't – I mean – Think of the first three, Terminalist, True Believer, Savage Son. Like those were knockout, one, two, three. That was was a perfect combination. Devil's Hand in the Blood, Only the Dead. I can find some connective tissue there. They're they're not as, I would say, they don't flow as well as the first three. But there's a little connective tissue there. So there's a chance to say Red Sky Morning is now its own. It's starting something new. It's a new wave for America, new wave for Reese, new type of story we're going to get. So I'm going to withhold final judgment, but I got to be honest about that being my first reaction. Yeah, I think uh, Jack has said before that he does these book deals two at a time since since day one, probably signing another one for two more. And I'm curious as to if it's going to continue with James Reese or we're going to take a little break from him. Um, I know he's I know he's writing the nonfiction series with a partner, and I don't know if each book in that series, I I believe, you know, James Reese is once a year. The nonfiction series is once every two years. and each of the nonfiction series is about a terrorist attack, from what I recall. And um, I think the first one's about the Beirut bombings. So I believe he has a, a second writer with him on that. And I don't know if that writer is going to continue with that series or that writer is like an expert on the Beirut bombings. And then whatever terrorist attack he chooses to write about next, that he'll get, an, get expert an expert to write with yeah. him on that one. So I'm not sure about that. But as far as like the two, you know, this is book six or no, is this seven? This is, this is seven. This is the first one of this deal. So he at least has this outline and the outline of the next one ready to go. And he does think ahead. You know, he's told us yeah. that before that he he yep. really is thinking about the next. I really time. I really loved all the Thomas Reese breadcrumbs throughout the the other books. Um, and it came I, to it. I feel like the, the last book was such a payoff. Book six uh, of, was the time those. to do it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah so I feel like uh, some other breadcrumbs are going to start being laid now for the next thing. Maybe the, the next big payoff, which will probably be another, you know, six books in. So we will uh we'll see. I'm I'm curious. It hasn't been hinted at yet. Family is a is a key theme in the James Reese stories. Could there be a baby Reese down the road? Is that in the cards yeah. in book in, in yeah, book seven, in book eight, in book twelve, or is it is it never? I you know, just putting that out there too. I think that I think that that's going to happen at some just point. Just how soon, and, yeah. Yeah. I think I think it'll add to the family aspect of the books. Um, you know, we got like a decent amount of like romance and stuff in the last one. Yeah, but. exactly, exactly. So we'll see. 
Tyler, we've got tons of movie recommendations, book recommendations from you, and tons of valuable insight. Just as a fan, I love going deep into this. We pull things apart, probably way too much, and more likely (laughs) than not, because this has happened quite often. We're going to look back on this next year after we read the book and realize we were complete bozos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is a fun speculation episode with with you. So You got to enjoy the process. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about enjoying talking about these books we love, this form of entertainment that is just incredible and one of my favorite things when we get a new book from a Jack Carr, a Vince Flynn. And so talking about with you, talking about with Chris every week is just a highlight. It's not about getting it right. It's about sharing different opinions, perspectives, and ideas. And I uh, love doing that again with you. And uh, maybe when we get the title, or excuse me, when we get the cover, maybe we'll bug you for uh, a quick hot take. Yeah. And uh, another recommendation real quick for new readers of Jack Carr. Um, uh, Ironclad is the company that is the main producer for his podcast, Danger Close. And they produce a small trailer on YouTube for each of the novels that are actually pretty cool um, and pretty good quality. So if you're diving into the series, check out the trailers before you read the books. They kind of set a tone for what you're about to jump into. So I also expect Ironclad to do another trailer for this book. They did one for the last one. They've done one for each of them. So And so that's different than the one dropped on social media with the announcement? Correct. That one we saw was just the title announcement. The actual trailer for the book should come out like a month before the book releases. And usually it's about two minutes, typically. Cool. Well, you know we'll be talking about that. We'd love to have you back on. It's been a blast. I'm going to take these ideas to Chris, and I'll hit you up, and uh, we'll get to see what he thinks about some of these ideas we talked about. All right. Sounds good. Dude, thanks a lot. Appreciate having you. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this special, I don't know, is this like an emergency pod? Like, you know, because we were, this is unscheduled. Uh, yeah. Nice long, you know. It, it originally, it was just like, "Hey, you want to hop on talk about it? We're gonna do something else, like package with something." And then he's like, "Turned out like, oh, let's get Tyler on and we make it longer." And then when I found out you guys were for fifty minutes, I was like, I don't even need to, I don't even need to do anything more with you, you know. So that's great. Uh, next time you hear from us, we are going to be doing Damascus Station, right, Mike? Yeah, I think because Moscow X, David McCloskey's second book, comes out mid late November, the twenty first. Well, actually, it's already out in uh, in paperback, but that's when the audio version comes out. And we are waiting for that because we do like to comment on the narrators. And I thought Damascus Station had a great, great, great uh, audio book, great narrator. So I think let's do Damascus Station. We'll get ready for Moscow X. We're going to sprinkle in some Andrews and Wilson there because Sons of Valor 3 comes out November 14th. And we're still working on bringing you a conversation with Eric Bishop, uh, more of an indie author about his uh, novella release of Ransom Daughter. So in whatever order, come November, expect a little bit of David McCloskey, Andrews and Wilson, Eric Bishop, and those are some of the books we got coming down the pike. Yeah. Oh, and should we tell them about uh, our book club? True. Keep it a little keep it a little secret. Yeah, no. I think we said it on a pod already. Okay, Spy who came I in from I, the cold. I couldn't remember if we did, but yeah. So we picked Spy who came in from the cold. Good suggestion, Chris. If all of your listeners want to join in, uh, you know, reread it ahead of time. Uh, we're going to be recording that one probably in mid-December. Uh, so you got a whole month and a half. And if you do want to join our book club discussion, because this is going to be a discussion with our patrons, we're going to come to you with an episode, just Chris and I, 
But beforehand, we're going to have a virtual chat, a hangout with our patrons. And you can be part of that, too. So if you do want to join our No Limit Patron Book Club, Spy Who Came In From The Cold is our November read. We'll talk about it on a Zoom chat. All hang out together. You can find us at thrillerpod.com and hit the Patreon tab and and join up. And you, honestly, you are the reason we make more podcasts. So the more patrons we get, the more podcasts and book club meetings that will be had. Yep, yep. And we also have to thank our patrons, our special operator Sherry F., our special agents Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. And as always, just let James be James. James.